morning and welcome to the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldezan, with Mr. Josh Wilson. And Mr. Brian Terry's out this week. That's right. Taking a little time off. <laughs> there you go. So we got Josh in. And, of course, Josh, you do a lot of things at the shop. Like most of our guys, you're cross-trained to do all sorts of things. But your particular specialty is automatic transmissions. That's right. Kind of grew up doing the automatic transmission field and like to stay in that area as mm-hmm. much as possible. But wander off from time to time yeah that's right and so if you have a question pertaining to your automatic transmission this is a good week to call because josh has more knowledge than brian or myself however we will as always discuss any topic you may have that's right never limited to whatever we happen to be talking about that day try to keep it to the vehicles but uh, (laughs) comments questions whatever you have anything brakes there you go 291-6901 291-6901 is the number. Of course, you put 225 in front of there. That'll get you to you from anywhere inside the United States. And be glad to try to help you out and chat you up as best we can. That's right. Try to keep the cars running, everything running smooth. You know, we got vacation time coming up. That's Everybody right. Everybody hitting the road mm-hmm. and kind of steer you in the right direction. There you go. Yeah, I thought we would maybe talk briefly about that. Got some other things I want to get into today if we have time, but... With vacation coming, summer coming, that's traditionally when a lot of folks go on vacation. I mean, some obviously take winter vacations or whatever, but a lot of times the kids are out of school, so this is a time that a lot of people choose to hit the roads. Right, and get their free time, maybe a couple of extra days with the July 4th coming up, mm-hmm. taking those summer trips, and you know, always important to get your car looked at and make that trip the best that it can be without the hassle of breaking down on the road well that's right if you get regular general inspections on your car like we recommend you know, once a year come in and get general inspections then it's probably less important because your car is going to be already at pretty much optimal condition but many people don't choose to do that for all sorts of reasons and at very very least before you take a long trip you need to have the car looked at we coin that a trip check and what is important other than just to come in and say, look, I'd like to get my car done for a trip is to apprise the shop of the conditions under which you're going to be operating. That's right. It's not going to change the the procedures that we do. We're still going to check the car, but it may drastically change our recommendations on what to do. For instance, how much brakes you have left, or if there's a small leak, anything like that. If you're taking off going to pensacola or mm-hmm. relatively short drive flat land nothing no extreme temperature extremes right and you, let's say you're at four millimeters on your brakes mm-hmm. you know we're gonna say hey you're fine take care of your brakes when you get back they're coming up at some point they're the coming up six at months time. right now if you're going to colorado mountains tennessee mountains you know something like that and you're sitting at four millimeter we're gonna say hey you probably want to go ahead and do the the brakes before you go right because you're going to put a lot more strain on the braking system driving up in the mountains particularly if you're pulling a trailer or something like that right Uh, right all that information will really help us advise you on what you need to do versus what you can put off until mm -hmm. after the vacation well even a set of tires let's say you're down to 430 seconds 330 seconds which is getting close on a tire right and as you said, you're going to Pensacola from Baton Rouge. That's not too major of a deal. But if you're going out to, say, Arizona or New Mexico, where the temperatures can get really, really hot, and mm-hmm. that's going to be more of a concern, 
if you're going to an area where it's liable to rain a lot, of course, you don't have snow so much this time of year, but where conditions, the recommendation may change. Right. And the same thing, same rule applies in the winter trip if you're going to winter climate. Mm-hmm. Just going in and say, hey, I'm taking a trip, check my car out, versus, hey, we're going here in these conditions. Right can really, really help both sides. Well, that's right. The, the more specific information Tech has, the better recommendation he can come up with for you because you know, there's not always like a clear-cut right and wrong way to do anything. Right. There's many, many different shades of things you might do and you might recommend under differing conditions. We have folks, and we were talking about this a little bit before the break, we've got one client. He's been a client for a number of years. He operates an air conditioning service out of his truck, so his truck is equipped for all that. So you're probably talking about an eighty or $90,000 rig. By the time he buys the truck, he buys a three-quarter ton, and he has to put the beds on it, all that stuff. He has a pretty big investment. Right. More to the point, he is mission critical. He has got to be on the road to make a living. So he would make different choices from let's say a retired couple who have two cars and they don't go very far. Generally they put around town and stuff. And if one car breaks, it's really not too big of an inconvenience to have the other car there. The recommendations between these two people may be totally, totally different. Right. For instance, we've got the people who just don't drive very much. Maybe they put 5,000 miles a year and they've got two vehicles. Mm -hmm. And let's say we've got valve cover gaskets leaking on their car. Well, they're getting a little bit of an odor from the oil getting on the exhaust manifold, but they really don't drive very far, and it's not really much of a problem to them. It's a relatively expensive repair. They may very well put off to defray that repair because it's not really hurting anything right at the moment. Right. Another side of that coin might be if this oil is running off and dripping down on the starter or the alternator, that may change that recommendation. But, again, going back to our other person we're talking about who is using this vehicle every single day he puts two hundred thousand miles on it in just a few years he had some problems with the engine it's got two hundred thousand miles rather than repairing the engine it makes more sense for him just to replace the engine and he actually says well look i got two hundred thousand on transmission it's going to be out anyway how about we just change transmission and the engine at the same time right. which to some people that may seem ludicrous right. to other people it makes all the sense in the world right when you look at the amount of money that co- him and his company loses mm-hmm. for that truck being down, while it's down, you want to take care of everything. That's right. So anything you see while you're doing engine mm-hmm. replacement, repair, whatever you end up doing, that's the time to do anything else that you come yeah, across. Preemptive. That's right. Preemptive maintenance. And like I said, you know, he says, well, yeah, look, how about the fuel pump? It's original fuel pump in there. Let's go into it. I mean, he's going to walk out of here spending twelve to $15,000, but when a new vehicle, a new rig, is going to be 80000 Right. That, I mean, that makes a lot of sense in his case because twelve to fifteen is a whole lot less than eighty. Get him on the road quick. Keep him on the road. He's got basically right. a whole new drivetrain at this time. Right. So he's got a vehicle he could probably drive another five or six years if he cares to. Oh, yeah. Without Easy. any or more. Yeah. Without any problems. Let's go to our phone lines. We've got Will online. Good morning, Will. Good morning, Lewis. Thank you for taking my call. You bet. I have a 2009 Volvo XC70, and the question I have is with respect to the serpentine belt. Mm-hmm. I bought the car two years ago. It had 95,000 miles on it. 
It was uh, taken care of by the Volvo dealer in New Jersey. When I bought the car, I knew it needed new air conditioning compressor. Mm-hmm. I had moved to a small town, so I had to hire an independent mechanic to put it in. I bought a recycled compressor. I bought a serpentine belt, belt tensioner, pulley from a Volvo dealer and mm-hmm. had it sent down to me. We installed everything. And within six months, the air conditioning compressor went, bearings went bad. I put another one in, it's gone bad again. This mm-hmm. is about 30,000 miles that have passed. When I went to inspect the uh, belt yesterday, I realized and found out that the Volvo belt the dealer sent me was the incorrect part number. Okay. It was a different part number. My part number then on my invoice, the correct part number was on my invoice. So my question is, the, it was for a different model Volvo. The wrong belt size could it be such a difference in length that it could cause damage to the other parts that are connected to that serpentine belt. And what should I expect a dealer to do if they sent me the wrong part? Well, good question. Will, is it possible? Yes, it is. If the belt were the wrong length and it were not properly tensioned and it's slipping, it's going to generate a tremendous amount of heat and the heat's going into that big pulley where the clutch and all is. I think that what's going to happen, I think their liability is going to be in giving you another part that's the correct part. And their argument is going to be it's up to the person who installs the belt to determine if it's the right belt or not. I see. I remember when I used to be a photographer a million years ago, and there was a case where a gentleman had ordered some film for a specific thing. It was marked improperly from Eastman Kodak. And he yeah. went on this big old photo exposition, spent thousands and thousands of dollars, and all the film was, didn't come out properly. And what they did is gave him some more film. And they said, look, if it's that important to you, number one, you should have checked it. And number two, you should have backup film. So yes. it's just kind of the way the world works. I mean, certainly I'm not an attorney. I can't advise you legally. But I think they're going to argue that the installer should have checked and verified the belt was wrong. If it didn't fit right, you know, it's kind of like, if they send me five spark plugs and I got a six cylinder engine, I can't just sure. put the five plugs in and say, Hey, they didn't send me enough plugs. You yes. know, that would be my contention on now. Could it have caused a problem? Yes, it could. Of course, so could a lot of other things. Number one cause of report repeated failure on compressors like that is the condensers because condensers have changed drastically over the years and the newer condensers like on 09 really cannot be cleaned. There's no possible okay. way to get the debris out of it. And every bit of debris right. that comes out of that compressor goes straight into the condenser. Okay. So if you do not replace the condenser with the compressor, you're almost surely going to end up buying another compressor in short order. In fact, a lot of the compressor manufacturers won't even warranty it unless you change the condenser. I understand. So that makes sense. That, you know, it could be either one, but I would certainly be leaning towards replacing the condenser, replacing the compressor, and check all the hoses really well if there are any hoses that have the little mufflers on them your little yes. around those will also hold material that you can't get out you're gonna have to replace those you got to get every little bit of debris out or this problem's gonna keep getting coming back and it gets worse each time because each time you have more debris in the system i understand currently the air conditioning compressor is making noise around the pulley but mm-hmm. it cools the car just fine mm-hmm. it's noisy around the pulley and i i had inspected training uh, suny new york training center this uh-huh. week and they diagnosed it as a bad bearing 
in the compressor. Mm-hmm. But as I mentioned, the system cools just fine, yes, but I could sense it was going bad. Yes, sir. It's going to cool un- until something goes wrong on the refrigerant side of it. As long as the bearing can be bad, but so long as it's turning, it's still going to work. But the problem right. is it's also contaminating the system. And inevitably, I think the solution is going to be the same thing. You end up replacing the whole deal. So if you want to wait until it goes out, you're not going to be too much worse off. Because even at this point, if you got a bad bearing, the debris from the bearing is circulating with the refrigerant and the oil, and oh. it's gone through that entire system. It's not going to stay in the compressor. It's going to travel nice. through the entire system. And if you don't get every little bit out, see, bearing failure is almost always a sign of previous contamination because these bearings are running in oil. They're sealed. The system is almost sterile when everything is, is right and new. So okay. compressors hardly ever just wear out or just go out. Usually something kills them. Ah, so a total evacuation and drying is, is very important. Well, that and is, but that's not going to get the debris out. That's only going to get the moisture out. You're going to be into replacing components and then a total flush of whatever's remaining, like the evaporator core and all that. And if it has an orifice tube, you have to replace your orifice tube. If it has an expansion valve, I would replace the expansion valve because it's possible to flush through it. I see. Okay. Now, the... The difference in the serpentine belt between one mile Volvo and mm-hmm. the next, because of that improper part number, could that have caused this issue, do you think, or led to it or not? It's possible. I mean, it'd it's be possible. impossible to say without going in and seeing what the nature of the failure is. I would think if that were the case, the big pulley on the clutch would be discolored. Probably all the paint would be burned off, and you'd probably have some rusting going on on it. I would inspect that first off. Also, if you're having failure of other components like the idler pulleys going bad or the yes. tensioner going bad, those are signs of slippage. So slippage will generate heat, and heat can make any part fail. Yeah, you know, what I failed to mention is when I first received the part, I received a new idler pulley, and within a month or two, that idler pulley, the new one from Volvo, did become noisy, and I returned it, and they sent me a new one. They said very rarely do they have, you know, yeah. uh, returns. Well, so, that adds more more fuel to the fire because failure of the pulleys and stuff on the system is one of the symptoms that a belt is not tensioned properly and is slipping correct. And it doesn't have to make any noise. It can slip just slightly, but it's going to generate a huge amount of heat. So I'd yes. be looking for discoloration, particularly around that presser draws more power than anything else. Yeah. So it's going to slip more. And if that pulley, you know, the big hub on yes. the clutch is all burned looking and the paint's burned yeah. off of it and it looks like it's been overheated, then that would add a lot more evidence to it. The, the, the signs of overheating, when you say look at it, would I be looking at a brown tone? Well, or that or burned paint. It's generally going to be painted so it doesn't rust. It's made out of steel. And if the paint is burned away, you know, then it's gotten really hot. I mean, you know how something looks like once it's been really hot. Or a uh, piece of metal, yes. Mm-hmm. Yes. Great. Great. That's great advice. There's not a single week we, th- <laughs> we think of you and wish we lived closer to your company so we could be properly taken care of. Okay, we, we find when we move around a lot, it's a full-time chore trying to find proper uh, maintenance. I, I know exactly what you mean. I moved from Baton Rouge to New Orleans, and I'm in that series still. Even after seven years, I haven't found all the people that I need to support me. <laughs> yeah. Lewis, thank you very much. We enjoy your website, and we look forward to hearing your show from this point on again. Thank okay, you. Will. Thanks for calling, man. All right, we can take a quick little break. Be right Every back with more in the Automotive Hour. Ah, yes, Mr. Bigfoot. Make yourself comfortable on the couch and tell me if I test stressed you out. 
I'm just a secluded forest dweller, and I like it like that. But every now and then, I get these people hunting me down. There's a TV show, jerky commercials, and now another movie. Then I worry about the hype. If they do find me, will my feet be big enough? Well, Mr. Foot, I can't really do much about these people, but I can tell you how to create some peace of mind in your life. Do like me and take your car to Agco once a year for a general inspection. They provide me an honest opinion on the maintenance and repairs I need now and in the future. They can even catch small issues that could lead to big, expensive problems down the road. An Agco general inspection, huh? Oh, one more thing, Doc. Could you tell me where I can find this toilet paper? I've heard wonderful things about it. Here's Agco's number. And the name of another store that may ship some TP straight to your cave. Thanks, Doc. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. You just join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldazan, with Mr. Josh Wilson. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any automotive questions you may have. Just give us a call. Our number is 291-6901, area code 225. And we're going back to phone lines with Colin. Good morning, Colin. Hey, guys. How's it going? Doing great, Good sir. Good. I know you guys were talking about oil a little bit. I've got a 2017 Jeep Renegade. Takes four quarts of 5W40. Mm-hmm. When I go to the parts store, the five-quart jugs are about $30. Forty dollars, mm-hmm. and uh, single quart jugs are about twelve or thirteen. So it's right. actually cheaper for me to buy the five quart. Right, and I've been saving just that extra quart that I have. And we're talking about storage, mm-hmm. of oil, and everything. Would it be worth it to once I get that extra four quarts after four oil changes to reuse the quarts that I've uh, held on to over the time, or should I just start buying just the single four quart? bottles four one quart bottles and just yeah. using those for each oil change about how long do you go between oil changes and time colin it ends up being two to three months we're yeah. changing them about every four four thousand miles right uh, we've so not a huge them. amount of time right I think what i would try if it's a lot less expensive you just have to kind of do the math you don't want to throw away a quart of oil and you right. buy it in five quarts a lot cheaper i would take the one quart out of the last batch dump it in first and then that way you end up with two quarts next time you end up with three quarts inevitably you end up with four quarts and you just use that right that way you, you're rotating it out it's never going to be a long long period of time i think if you put your top back on it real good and store it in a climate controlled environment you know i would probably want to bring it in the house put it in an air conditioned dehumidified kind of an environment i think you'd be just fine okay. if you use it to top off you want to agitate it of course before pouring it into the engine because the right uh, you know the additives can fall out in uh, time but yeah i think in that shorter, if you, if you said, look, I'm going a year between all changes, then, yeah, it would probably be prudent just to throw it away or dispose of it. Yeah, no, I've been listening to your guys' show for a little while now, listening to a lot of the past episodes mm-hmm. while I'm at work and stuff. And so I've tried to become more mindful of how we're doing oil changes, but we do a lot of long trips at a time. Mm-hmm. So it's a lot of – we're letting engine get up to time, water's boiling out and everything. So mm-hmm. still trying to keep it around 4,000 just because we do have yeah. – take my daughter's school a little short trip well, here and there. I mean, but, all, all is cheap. I mean, all is yeah. cheap compared to the things it protects. I mean, we see so many guy emailed this week and he was talking about he's having cam sensor codes and he's changed the sensors, but he still has a problem. I said, well, generally that's extended all changes. You know, you either got a stretch time and chain, you've sludged up the solenoids, yak, 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 yak. He's like, my God, I right. had no idea that many things. Said, yeah, the all's doing a lot of stuff. <laughs> yeah. Like you guys said, I mean, you're never going to save any amount of money on yeah. an oil change. Not to ever. Justify repairs. So. Isn't that a fact? Yeah, I listened to one of the old episodes. I actually went today to the dealership, picked mm-hmm. up a couple extra oil filters and extra drain plug just because it's got the go. rubber sealer on there. But I've been using one of the big stores 
kind of oil filters uh-huh. on there, and they're about twenty bucks. And went to the dealership, and the Mopar oil filter that they use, they only charge about twelve. Thirteen. I've noticed that a bunch of times. People assume the dealer's going to be hiring everybody else, but sometimes they're not. Right? Yeah, and that's sometimes what I went in there expecting, but that was definitely not the case. So mm-hmm. I know I'm getting the dealer oil filter, and right. I'm saving a little money. So I'm real happy today. I always check the dealer's price on stuff because some things they take a loss on just because they want to encourage use of that particular product. Gotcha. Right. Like you, and you'd be surprised how far down the line that goes with brake pad prices, mm-hmm. uh, all kind of parts that actually yeah. have better prices at the dealer. Yeah, even though they're a better part. Right. Yeah, I've always been a little hesitant going to the dealer just because there's the general stereotype of high yeah. prices, markup, right. everything. The dealership's across the highway from me, about five minutes to get there. Mm-hmm. It's definitely worth my time. To yeah, check I, I it wouldn't out, recommend I'm... them necessarily for service, but for parts, yeah, that's, that's where we get oh, a lot of yeah, our stuff. No. I'm a forklift mechanic, so I'm rather mechanically inclined <laughs> to do stuff myself. But, mm-hmm. yeah, I definitely use them for parts and more willing to go there now, especially after listening to you guys and yeah. how much you harp on dealer parts mm-hmm. and the brand-new car. I want to keep it for a while. So Absolutely. Well, guys, I appreciate the show, everything you do. You guys do great work out there. So. Well, thanks, Colin. Well, Where are you calling from, Colin? Time. I'm out in Cleburne, Texas, a little south of Fort Worth. Yes, sir. No, no, the area. All right, well, thanks Alrighty. for calling, man. Not a problem. Thank you, guys. Bye-bye. Okay, we got to catch one more before the break. We got Josh online. Good morning, Josh. How you doing? Look, I got a question for you, transmission related. Okay. Uh, acquired a, a 06 GM truck that's got real low mileage on it. Everything works great, but, you know, I'm thinking like engine oil, transmission fluid. I'm thinking it probably needs to be changed the same way. Absolutely. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Fluid filter, that one you're able to drop the pan and get to the filter. So, yeah, absolutely. I like 30,000 miles at on the early end and every 50,000 on the late end. I, I don't like going above 50,000 mile intervals. All right. Talking about 50,000 miles on a Toyota vehicle. I've got a, a couple Toyotas and they got lots of miles on them. I've always been of the opinion and been told that once you get, you know, let's say 60, 70, 80,000 miles and the fluid hasn't been changed, not to touch it beyond that. Point. Yeah. No, that's, no, that's absolutely false. Yeah. And we were going to talk about that a little bit later in the show. But that's kind of like the idea, well, I hadn't brushed my teeth in three months, so I ain't never going to brush them again. <laughs> you know? A proper yeah. service can never, ever, ever hurt the vehicle and yeah. can't extend the life of it. Right. And gotcha. that, particularly on those Toyotas, if you don't get that fluid change, it will pick up a torque converter shutter. Or shift timing code, uh, even. Or could be shift timing, but as the fluid breaks down, the friction modifiers break down over time, it will start shaking and shuddering on you. So, so it's still better to change it than to let it run. Oh, absolutely. Oh, absolutely. absolutely. You know, that wives tale comes from the fact that someone serviced a transmission with high miles and it went out, and they said that service made it go out. Well, it wasn't a service. It was a lack of service. You know, if you drive a vehicle for 200,000 miles and never service it, and you get a service and it goes out a month later, it's the 200,000 without the service, not the service that caused it. And, of course, there is things people can do wrong in a service that can cause problems, but that's regardless of the mileage right you know if it's improperly done service can cause problems but you know a proper service can never ever ever hurt the unit very very critical very critical to get the correct toyota fluid back in those Mm -hmm. also with the gm i mean you want the right fluid in that but very very important deck six on that and depending on what year model toyota it's going to be the t4 or ws Mm -hmm. and either one whatever it calls for is what needs to go back in it good deal i appreciate it all right josh thanks for calling man bye-bye all right we're going to take another quick little break be right back with more in the automotive hour 
Hello, you must be Glenda de Goodrich. Uh, relax on the couch and tell me what's stressing you out. Do you know how stressful it is to be good all the time? I don't want to be wicked, but sometimes I just like to not say thank you or pinch a bratty kid or stick my finger in a chocolate. And if I don't like the flavor, put it back in the box. Oh, that would be divine. Unfortunately, Glenda, I can't assist you with your goodness issues. Uh, but for peace of mind, schedule an annual general inspection with Agco Automotive. They'll check out your vehicle, perform needed maintenance, and let you know about future repairs. Sad ways, there are no surprises. Well, you definitely want your automotive repair shop to be good and not wicked. A young girl once told me there's no place like home. And I've got to go. Just bill me. I'll be somewhere over the rainbow. Toodaloo! Hmm, that little witch might not be so good after all. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back. Just join us the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Aldersan, with Mr. Josh Wilson. Hey, between two of us, we'll try to answer any questions you may have. We appreciate you spending your Saturday morning with us. Give us a call. It's 291-6901. Josh brought up a good point, which kind of leads into what we were planning on talking about today, and that is some of the myths and fallacies that have long pervaded the automotive industry. And I guess one is exactly what his question was. Well, I haven't serviced this thing in a long time. I've been told just to leave it alone. Right. And, you know, being in the industry since I was a kid, you know, I remember the 80s and early 90s and, you know, all of the the quick lube type places mm-hmm. and trying to service a transmission and we'd get them in with them failed or, you know, not the right filter on there or the filter seal or o-ring cut during installation and nowadays it's more fluid wrong fluids put in it just so many or not enough fluid or too much fluid even yeah e- either one all of those will cause problems but there, there's so much that you have to have a specialized guy to do the basic maintenance mm-hmm. you know you, you can't get the kid off the street and throw him into a shop to do maintenance mm-hmm. and expect him to know all the ins and outs of doing that transmission service right even to the point of if i pull get one in for transmission service and take the filter off the person who did it last time may and may not have put the correct filter on there so you have to know what you're looking at and what the proper part to put back on there. yeah because if you just put the same thing back on it was on there before it could have been wrong that's right but again this is kind of a separate and different issue from going too long and not servicing a transmission, this is a matter of selection of the proper shop. Correct. Or someone Correct. knows but, what they're doing. You know, you just kind of believe that that's what led up to the, right. hey, don't change right. Don't change your fluid. Yeah, because, I'm better off to leave it alone, which is not the case at all. Right. But, yeah, it's kind of a, a superstitious knowledge. Let's grab a couple of these phone calls. Okay. We've got Reggie on the line. Good morning, Reggie. Good morning to you. Yes, sir. Question for you. Sure. 1981 BMW. Mm-hmm. Set up for years, it's in excellent shape. The flight oil leak, it was a gift to me. And I found out it had a flight oil leak in it, but it runs well. So it's 229,000 miles. So I asked the donor, I said, what did he put into it? The oil, he put a 5W30 mobile, and it's fully synthetic. And I know they didn't put that back in the car in 1981. So uh, should I keep going with that synthetic oil that he put in it? try to find out. I just had it a few months. I haven't really driven it. Yeah. Should I go with I mean, uh, I would probably go with whatever he's been using in it to the degree that 
whatever the last owner was putting in there is what I would probably continue with so long as it's the right oil specified for the car. And synthetic or non-synthetic is not going to make much difference. I mean, the only thing a synthetic may do is because of the age of the car, there's going to be a certain amount of sludge and trash built up in it, particularly if it's been sitting up a lot. And that synthetic oil may go in there and clean that up and start revealing leaks. It's not actually causing the leak, but it can reveal some leaks because the sludge was kind of holding them together and you cleaned it out and but you really want sludge holding the motor together. <laughs> so it's kind of like everything else. We tell people a lot of times they'll come in with a cooling system that's all corroded. And you got to tell them, hey, look, I can go in and flush all this out and put fresh coolant here. But you may start seeing other issues. May start, water pump may start leaking. Radiator may start leaking because it's being held together with rust and crud. And I'm cleaning that out. I'm not creating the problems. I'm just revealing the problems. They're coming anyway, you know, but we can't just leave it sitting there corroding away. Yeah, so, because I open the hood up and I see the oil on top, I'm thinking maybe head gaskets from sitting up so long. Yeah, valve cover gaskets. All those gaskets shrink up over time, and particularly sitting there with no oil getting on them, they dry out and all that kind of thing. I mean, any car that age, I mean, you're talking 37-year-old car, very likely if you start using it to any degree, you can start seeing a lot of problems, and it just depends on how far you want to go with it. If you love the car and you want to keep it going, you just got to deal with whatever you got to deal with. But I would definitely go back with whatever he's been putting in it. and mm-hmm. tell me what he used last. He didn't remember. He was the kind of guy that brought it to the uh, service deal. He mm-hmm. never, all he said, he washed the car and, and kept it clean. He never did any service on it himself. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you may be able to go back to the service shop he was using and find out what they've been doing to it. I have to call him because it came from out of state. Mm-hmm. <laughs> well, anyway, that was my question. All right. I appreciate it. Hi, Reggie. Much. Thanks sure. for calling me in. All right. Bye-bye. Bye. Let's go back to our phone lines. we got Todd online. Good morning, Todd. Hey, appreciate the show. Thanks, sir. I got a 2014 Rav Four, mm-hmm. about eighty, I think, thousand. Yes, sir. Anyway, I need to change the transmission fluid. I know I waited too long, but mm-hmm. you have. Can I just drain it out and replace it, or that 14 re- probably going to have? It's going to depend on what transmission you have in it. Okay. Okay. Uh, so you want to do filters and the ATF. So you want to stick and good filters. Oh, a, a Toyota. I'm sorry, Toyota Rav. Oh, I thought it. No, no, Rav Four. <laughs> uh, Fourteen Rav Four. Okay, Toyota Rav. Yeah, that's going to be WS fluid in the filter. But it doesn't have, from what I understand, it doesn't have a pan or a filter, right? You got a. No, it has a. It has pan and filter. It does not have the dipstick and filler okay. tube to put the oil in and check the oil from the top. You okay. have to have a mechanic get it get up in the air and check from underneath and that's a special procedure all in itself has to be at a certain temperature can't be above or below you know like it's probably going to be 90 to 120 degrees so if it's running for very long it's going to be above 120 so you have to have the temperature correct and have it up level yeah it has to be on level surface right up in the air which is kind of hard to accomplish a lot of times Right. It's okay, not I, don't, something I, don't, you, I don't know if y'all want to do prices over the air, but if you do, fine. Not terribly expensive, probably under $200. Okay. All righty. Uh, okay. And I got a 05 Toyota Highlander. Mm-hmm. Will it take world standard WS? Uh, probably T4 in the 05. Okay. But uh, it'll be on the dipstick on that one. Yeah, if that one will have a dipstick. It'll be written yeah. on it. Right. It'll be stamped, stamped into the I middle. I thought you could put WS in it and it would it was compatible but i don't want to risk it so. uh, yeah i go with what's 
Yeah, what the factory? A lot of the manufacturers like GM have gone to deck six, and they say put that in everything. Even Honda with their newer fluid, they say put it in everything. Toyota's never said that. They always stayed okay. with, hey, this is what went in these, and this is what goes in those. Okay. So, All right. Thank you all very much for your time. Appreciate all right. Sure. Thanks, Todd. Bye-bye. Bye. All right. We're going to take one last quick little break. We'll be right back with more in the Automotive Hour. Lie back and tell me what's stressing you out, Mr. Hevoted supervillain, arch nemesis of good. I have electric superpowers, blah, blah, blah. And it sounds like you're burnt out and stressed about your job. Yes, Doctor, the pressure is insane. My wife's always nagging me about my evil plans not being up to par. Melting the polar ice caps, blocking out the sun, world domination. None of it's good enough for her. Some days... I just want a garden. Herr Voltage, I can't really advise you on your super evil plans, but I can offer this advice on gaining some peace of mind. Bring your car in once a year to Agco for a general inspection. They check your vehicle, perform needed maintenance, and they catch any problems early so you don't have major repairs down the road. Hmm, I know Agco could work on my Scion, but can they work on my G19 thermonuclear urban assault car copter? You'll have to call Agco about that. Get your own peace of mind and schedule your general inspection today at Agco Automotive. Agco, it's the place to go. Hey, welcome back to the final segment of the Automotive Hour. I'm your host, Louis Alvesan, president of Agco Automotive. We've got Mr. Josh Wilson, our automatic transmission guru from Agco. So if you have a question about your automatic transmission, it's a good time to call in. If not, we'll talk about any other topics you may have. Still got a few minutes. Give us a call, 291 6901 we're talking a little bit about some of the fallacies and i guess legends or whatever that go on in the automotive industry and have prevailed for many many years another big one that i see a lot and that is run to fail in other words Mm -hmm. if you're not having symptoms leave it alone right and some things maybe that's okay other things that can be pretty catastrophic because cars today with all the computer controls they have are designed to isolate symptoms from the driver right they're designed to account for wear and tear and make adjustments within the you know the parameters they the can parameters within the computer controls that they have at their disposal they can adjust for it wearing out mm-hmm. they can adjust for you know clutch wear or spark plug wear whatever the case is and you don't notice in your day-to-day driving because computer and pressures are compensating for Mm -hmm. it well as you mentioned with spark plugs it's a good example as the gap wires it takes more and more energy to ionize that gap because it's a longer distance that it has to jump if you do not replace the plugs you're not going to notice that it's running bad or that it's idling rough or anything like that but what's happening the duty cycle on the call packs has been increased to produce enough energy to jump this widened gap now, the duty cycle on that thing may be rated at 5% or 10%, and it's running at 30 or 40%. What happens is you end up burning up the call packs. Mm-hmm. And where spark plugs can run anywhere from maybe $5 up to $20 a piece, these call packs are probably 100 to $300 a piece. Right. And there may be seven or eight of them on the engine. Right. So you're not saving any money at all, just the opposite. What you're doing is you're stressing and straining a bunch of parts that make them fail. And then you end up with, a, if you're going to wait to fail, it's going to be a big failure. It's not going to be the rough idle or the extended crank or any of that kind of stuff. What it's going to be is some melted down call packs, check engine light on, possibly a bad catalytic converter. Right. Let's see if we can catch a couple of these phone lines. We've got Bill online. Good morning, Bill. Yeah. I got a uh, 
2016 Kia Sorento. Yes, sir. 2.4 four cylinder. Mm-hmm. Got 61,000 miles on it. Yes, sir. And it's spitting out a quarter haul about every eight nine hundred miles. Is that is that uh, unusual? It, well, it's not that unusual, but it's not right. They've had some trouble with those. You might just check and see. Call your dealership. If yours is 16, you may still be under warranty, depending on when you took delivery. Yeah, of, but well, I, it's still under warranty, 100,000-mile powertrain warranty. Yes, sir. What you need to do is take it to them, and what they're going to do is they're going to change the oil, fill it up, and seal the dipstick so they can tell exactly what's getting in and getting out. And if they find that it's using that much oil, they may replace the engine for you or repair the engine for you. So you definitely need to bring that to their attention. Oh, yeah, because I did, and I got the uh, the manager killed. The uh, manager for yeah, we can't car. get into any specifics. Yeah, but. I got it. I got it recorded twice. Well, we, he, me and him both put a quarter all in mm-hmm. around eight, nine hundred miles. Yeah, so, uh, that's a lot of all. I should be able, I should be able to make them do, do something with that. I would think so. Yes, sir. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Uh, do I need to hire an attorney or talk to them? Oh, I'd talk to them first, and if you can't get any a benefit at the dealership, I'd actually speak to the the zone manager. And tell okay. him. I mean, if if you if they won't do anything, you may have to resort to attorney. But I want to tell you. You know, it's kind of like, I think it was Will Rogers said, he'd been broke twice in his life once we went to court and lost. The courts won and once we went to, you know, nobody wins when you go to court except the lawyers. You said they've been having trouble with those hands. Yes, sir. So I should be, I know a while back they made them change a bunch of those little fortune hands. Right. So yeah, I'd, I'd bring that to their attention and see what they'll do. Okay, I'm going to go there first, and if they don't do it, I'll go out and turn it. Yeah, that'll just talk, actually speak to the zone manager. He's got yeah. authority above the dealership. Okay, I appreciate it. All right. Did I get a, go to a reputable, reputable mechanic shop and get a statement saying that? Not going to make any difference. Not going to make any difference? No, sir. They're going to handle that internal. The warranty goes strictly through Kia. Yeah, okay. All righty. Okay, appreciate it. All right, Bill, thanks. All right, let's see if we got time for another call. We've got Tony online. Good morning, Tony. Hey, good morning. Yes, sir. Yeah, I got a 2014 Tundra, and I got 96,500 miles on it. Yes, sir. And I want to get you now the transmission. It's no no problems with the transmission as I and the services do. Mm-hmm. And uh, the dealership said they don't drop the pan or anything. Well, you need to go somewhere else. Yeah. You need to go somewhere else yeah. because if they don't drop the pan and change the filter, they're not doing a service. Yeah, they they do not like going inside the transmission for anything, not even maintenance. We can do that. And also on that one, it's a good idea to run it through the TSBs and see if there's any flash updates. I think they had a calibration update for that transmission available also. So, you know, a good shop that knows what to look for and do the proper maintenance on it will buy you a lot of, yeah. a lot of light. Good independent that. shop is, is what you're looking for. They'll tell you, someone will tell you it's a sealed transmission, which is total bunk. It doesn't have a dipstick, but it's not a sealed transmission. Someone will tell you it doesn't have a filter, which is bunk. It does. You just need to find a good independent shop that can help you with that. Okay, so they just, okay, they don't want to go into transmissions is what you're telling me. Yeah. Correct. Okay. All right. Well, thank you very much. All right. Okay. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right. 291-6901 is the number. You're going to be part of the automotive hour. What are some of the reasons why they might not want to do that? Like we said earlier, I mean, just you got to have a guy that knows the correct filter to put back on there. Mm-hmm. Honestly, I, I don't know why they don't do that service more. Uh, mm-hmm. I mean, it's, I know the 
they like to say that it doesn't need maintenance, which helps them with their ratings. You know, this mm-hmm. is a low-maintenance vehicle. But from what we see on our side of it, with the shutters that it picks up and just the wear on the valves and the valve body, I mean, if you do that service, mm-hmm. you know, no more than 50,000 miles, you are going to greatly extend the life of that transmission. Well, not only that, but if you remember, these guys are in the business of selling new cars. Right. Most people get 110, 120, 130,000 miles. They're pretty happy with what they've got and if they have a major failure at that point they're very likely to go buy a new car right so i'm the kind of guy i need to run my car out way past that i need to get 200 plus to get my money's worth so if i'm going to service it, i'm going to service it normally around 50 the first time out and again at 100 and right. run it on out to a 300 let's see if we got time for one more call randy can you make it real quick good morning yes sir good morning I brought my van in the other day and dropped it off overnight and picked it up the next day. And I just wanted to give you a shout-out and tell you thank you for getting it out because I'm handicapped, and y'all did a good job getting it out for me. I appreciate it. Well, good. I sure appreciate it. All right. Thank you. Okay, Randy. Thanks, man. Bye-bye. All right. 291-6901 is the number. We're getting close to the end of the show, but got time to maybe sneak another call in there. It's awful nice of Randy to give us a little Mm shout-out on that. Yeah, we were talking about the uh, run to fail, and if you wait until there is a failure, until you start to find symptoms, it's sort of like with your transmission. If you don't service it, what happens? The fluid starts to break down, and you start to get, like you said, shutters and all that things. We had one come in the other day that was shutting down the traction control system side of it, and it had some stuck solenoids in it. And normally, that's kind of the kiss of death. It's generating mm-hmm. metal, and that's what causes it to happen. But we went in and serviced it. It was not a lot of metal in the system, but the fluid was filthy dirty. Right. And just were able to get to those solenoids in the pan and free them up. And just like I say, I mean, that, that just buys so much time. And Well, had, if, we, had we not serviced it at that point, it would have been a failure. Oh, absolutely. Because if you're... And may still be, but your right. odds are way, way better now. Right. If you can't keep your solenoids and the valves free and applying the proper clutch at the proper time it's kiss of death for that Mm -hmm. so kind of what we were getting at keeping it serviced keeping the guy who's trained in that field who knows what to look for per vehicle like the tundra with the tsb calibration update Mm -hmm. you know you got to know what what's going to help this guy get the mileage and some people some people trade them off at a hundred thousand right and that service and that extra maintenance is not going to do them a bit of good. Right. Well, somebody uh, else will get the benefit of it. But. Yeah, whoever gets the truck next. But if you're the the owner that's trying to get this car to go up to 250, 300,000 miles and really get your money out of that vehicle, then proper maintenance is, is something you're going to have to do. Yeah, it's, it's definitely going to save you money. It's not going to cost you money. It's going to save you money. Right. Because if you don't do it, you're going to have some sort of failure sooner, if not later. And like I said, it's just the only reason in the world to do maintenance is because it costs a whole lot less than not doing it. Right. It's a money-saving thing. So I see we're getting close to the end of the show there. Start winding on up, getting ready to get on out of here. Tell everybody how much we appreciate them listening to the Automotive Hour. If you listen on podcasts, we'd appreciate you going in to whatever service you may be listening on, whether it be iTunes or Stitcher or Podbean or Podcast or whichever is <laughs> dozens of them and they're all real good so but leave us a written review when you give us a written review not only does it make us feel real good about what we're doing but it moves us up in the rankings where more people can listen and longer we can do the show and preceding was opinion based on our experience in the automotive industry have a great weekend